We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Stephanie from Safeway. Exciting news. Safeway, Chevron, and Texaco are offering even more savings at the pump. Now through September 8th, shop at Safeway and redeem up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations and at Safeway fuel stations. Shop Safeway this week and earn up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards. This is Stephanie from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is $1 per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons for a limited time. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details in-store or at Safeway.com. It's time with Bruce Buffer. And now it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. It's time. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Vancouver, Canada, where the UFC is coming, we are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show we talk about what you think about, but maybe you're afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on this time. UFC, politics, President Trump, film, TV, sex, drugs, rock and roll, no holes barred radio, NHB talk, folks. And I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. TJ, how are you? Take a breath, Buffer. Take a breath. You're all over oh, the place. I mean, it's 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 uh, China one week. It's Abu Dhabi the next. You're, you're home for like five seconds. You, you deserve a rest, Buff. Sit down. I know. I have to stop. I have to rest. I'm going to try and rest and have dinner with a friend tonight, chill out a little bit. But it's just been nonstop, pleasurably so, doing what I love, everything cool. Let me take that breath. There we go. Okay. Hey, hurry up, Buff. We got stuff to do. Jeez. You you can't Uh, just lollygag around. You got to go to Vancouver. (laughs) Hurry up. Slow down. Go to Vancouver. You know what? I just got back from Abu Dhabi. Not going to say my arms are tired because uh, I've had a really good flight back, but um, 16, 20 hours in airports and flights and session China last week, Vancouver this week, whatever. It's what I do. I love it. It's kind of like being James Bond, not having to kill anybody, get the orders from M, put the tuxedo in a suitcase, go out, find a casino, play a little poker, have a fine dinner, some other fun, and come home. So I enjoy and love my job. No complaints, and no complaints to be had. TJ, um, we've got a good show today, as we always have a good show. we got John Anna coming on the show. I want to talk a little NFL football. The man definitely knows his football, and we're going to talk UFC, and we know John knows his UFC, amongst other few stories, before we get onto our current events section of the show. So without further ado, let's bring on UFC commentator John Anik. It's time! You asked for it, and you got it at BruceBuffer.com. Championship introductions at a special rate are now provided for all of you 
as a keepsake for life, like you are being introduced like a champion in the cage. Just go to BruceBuffer.com. Specials for championship introductions, weddings, birthdays, voicemail, and business recordings. I'm here for you if you need me. Check me out at BruceBuffer.com. Hey, this is Jill from The Container Store. Oh. Is there something wrong? I just thought a virtual designer would be a cool robot. I could do a robot voice if that helps. Maybe. Hi, I am Jill. Let's design. Nope, absolutely not. Regular voice, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at impressions. Enjoy free virtual in-home closet design and up to 25% off closet systems with The Container Store's custom closet sale. The Container Store, where space comes from. And now, bringing on a guest of the show, a friend of the show, a friend of mine, the commentator for all, the UFC man-to-be, John Anik. John, how are you? Buck, you only call me during football season. I get it. <laughs> That's because I want your picks, uh, my friend, except when, you make me take, except when you make me take Denver. But other than that, it's all good. <laughs> um, yeah, overall, this week- a, a good first week. But yeah, that last play did not come in. Yeah, I don't know what happened to them. I mean, obviously, it's... Very hard to pick on the first week of football. I mean, everybody out there knows you love action. You love to bet your football, amongst other things. Uh, we were flying back from Abu Dhabi going over the games, but I think we both agree. The first week is a crapshoot. It's all about who's going to come out of the gate. But in my opinion, you always bet on Brady. You always bet on the Pats. I always bet on the Eagles. And uh, the, the two teams that look really strong, John, aside from them, are, are the Pats look look great. The Patriots look great, but the Cowboys look really solid. The Raiders look really solid. This whole Antonio Brown situation is, you know, kind of nutso. Um, he loses 30 million, but gains 15 million when he signs with the Patriots. John, you're a huge Patriot fan. Tell me what Antonio Brown means to you and your Patriots. Well, certainly Sunday night, it didn't look like they had much use for him. And I think what's interesting is that Philip Dorsett number 13 in your program has developed a great chemistry with Tom Brady and he's probably going to be riding the bench next week because Antonio Brown is one or one a in terms of being the best receiver in pro football. So it's a weird dynamic. You know, I don't necessarily feel like rooting for the guy because at least his acts up to this point have been anything but selfless and anything but the Patriot way. Uh, but I got to say, man, we've had him at a UFC show and I remember taking a picture of uh, his name on a seat and tweeting it to him. And he wrote back that he was on his way and, you know, judging on my personal experience, it's been nothing but good with Antonio Brown. But uh, I don't know. It does seem a little bit not out of character for Belichick to, to take the risk. But I think when a guy has been painted with the selfish brush to the extent to which this guy has, it just seems like a little surprising to me that Belichick, you know, would be willing to pull the trigger. But, hey, you know, there's a lot of talent, obviously. And, and they immediately, you know, became the Super Bowl favorites, I think, after that transaction. Well, you know, he leaves the grips of John Gruden, a powerful, you know, coach in his own right. Is he the level of Belichick? A lot of people think he is. Some people might think he's better. I think Belichick, literally statistic-wise and everything else, is probably the greatest coach in football. And what he can do with somebody like a personality like Antonio Brown remains to be seen, but I think his strong personality, as you pointed out to me, is one that he'll put him in order and make it work. But then you have the Raiders, who shined last night without Antonio Brown. They looked powerful last night come right out of the gate like they'd already been playing for six weeks into the season were you impressed yeah i think they had a a focus during the preseason on winning that not a lot of teams seem to have during the exhibition season and i do think that it carried over a little bit i also feel like 
there's a lot of motivation for these guys because of the whole Antonio Brown backdrop. And now without him, I think they really have a point to prove. I don't know how much staying power they have. You know, the rookie running back, Josh Jacobs, looked great. Uh, defensively, you know, I thought they showed signs of being a pretty good unit. Um, but, I, you know, I, I certainly have some pause when it comes to them contending in a very tough division. Um, you know, but we'll see. I mean, it's a good start, obviously. And uh, I think for Gruden's second year back, you can expect better things than, than last year. Uh, but the AFC is tough, and their division in particular with the Chiefs and the Chargers doesn't give them a lot of let up. Yeah, it's definitely tough. And then we go to the Cowboys, who really came on strong yesterday uh, at the same time, uh, or excuse me, on Sunday. And at the same time, they signed a $90 million deal with Ezekiel Elliott. A lot of money there. Jared Goff and the Rams agree to a $134 million deal, the largest guarantee ever. And, and the other quarterback that signed for the area of $130 million from my Eagles, uh, Foles, Nick Foles, and tragically, or unfortunately rather is the term, broke his clavicle yesterday. And he's out indefinitely. That's a bad injury for a quarterback because it affects the shoulder, obviously. So with that being said, John, let me ask you a question. You know these contracts. You know how they work. 130 or so million to Foles with the signing bonus, I think, in the area of 15 million, if I'm not mistaken, give or take. How does this work, John? I mean, is he guaranteed that 130 million or we just don't know? Well, no, they, you know exactly what his guarantee is. I can look it up as we're talking here. I don't think he was guaranteed $130 million, but obviously it's disappointing for the Jaguars because it certainly was front-loaded. He was certainly an unrestricted free agent type who was in demand. Yeah, four-year, $88 million deal. He can make up to 102 with incentives. Uh, I'll look for the guarantee. But, yeah, it's a big blow for them, obviously, because he looked really good, and they didn't seem to – set themselves up at all uh, with a backup quarterback if indeed he went down. So uh, they're not in a great place. I think the Cowboys, though, are the big story after week one, to your point, right? I mean, they look like they can be one of the best offenses in the NFL. you got Jason Witten back, and obviously Zeke is a beast, and Dak Prescott playing great. So uh, I don't know. I think the Eagles should, uh, should be looking over their shoulder, man. I think Dallas is going to be a problem. Yeah, big problem, big problem. Can't wait to see the Eagles play Dallas. I hope they got a, I don't know what the schedule is. I hope they have a few weeks to get the team together because Dallas looks dominant. Now, uh, one little last football note or two little last football notes before we go over to the UFC, John. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, he doesn't care about the NFL's jury policy. He's now with the Cleveland Browns. They didn't shine the other day, but he likes to keep shining because, get this, he wants to wear his watch when he plays. John, he wears a $350,000 watch when he's playing football little excessive what do you think yeah i can't get behind that right uh yeah i don't know how i mean you know but hey i mean a lot of these guys you have to give them a little bit longer a leash than you would like to with superstar players uh even someone like belichick i think can maybe loosen the grip a little bit when it comes to specific talents and again you recall the patriots if reports are accurate they pursued odell beckham jr i think there are a lot of pre-established places and cultures that can deal with a personality as big as his. We'll see if Cleveland can, you know, as long as he makes plays and, and they do better than they did in week one. Uh, I think it'll be okay. But yeah, man, I mean, Bruce Buffer wouldn't be wearing that green ro- green Rolex, uh, <laughs> you know, out on a, on a gridiron. I can assure you of that. No, I would not. I'd give it to my good friend, John Anik to hold, who will probably take it home with him. Cause he loves that green Rolex that we do oh, know. Beautiful. <laughs> I told you, John, in my will, it's going to be will probably to John Anik. I think I might just oh, do that. We'll take, we will take probably. We'll take probably. <laughs> okay. All right. One last little football note. Uh, this is like right out of a movie. Notre Dame quarterback, uh, Ian Brooke, tried to throw the ball out of bounds during a 
Vasa play against Louisville on Monday. Uh, he ended up hitting a cheerleader in the nose and broke her nose with the football. Oh, my gosh. It's like right out of a movie. She's got a story. Oh, my grandfather took a softball and destroyed my mother's nose when she was growing up. He just oh. threw a seed and destroyed my mom's nose. So uh, I can speak from some experience there. She still holds it against him. Yeah, I could imagine. All right, let's switch over to the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, excuse me, the greatest fighting sport in the world. What is wrong with me? Uh, and that is mixed martial arts. That is our beloved UFC. We just got back from Abu Dhabi. Huge show. Uh, the arena built outside special. Of course, we both experienced 100-degree heat inside with 116-degree heat outside. Long runs to the bathroom. Definitely not one of the easiest shows for us to work, but one of the better shows and more exciting shows. John, it was quite an experience, was it? Yeah, as challenging a broadcast environment as I've been a part of, certainly the hottest since Forza Laser Brazil uh, in 2013, uh, which was not even an air-conditioned venue, right? I mean, this venue was air-conditioned, although it certainly didn't feel like it. Yeah, this was a heat index like no other. It really wasn't comparable to anything that I've felt. I've lived in Las Vegas for four summers. I live in South Florida right now. And a lot of people were saying maybe it's a combination of Vegas heat and South Florida heat. Uh, Middle East heat uh, for the win is all I'm going to say. There's no heat like Middle East heat. But, nope. uh, yeah, that being said, it was a great show, and it was a festive show, and the locals couldn't have been more gracious and, and excited to have the UFC there. And, and this Khabib Nurmagomedov is really something else. You know, as we were talking about on our podcast this week, he wins a couple more, retires 30, you know. Uh, you know, this is, this is really all-time great stuff. And I think after this weekend – you really have an argument that there are two pound for pound guys if John Jones is the other one, because the way he's able to dominate number one contender types, you know, John Jones wasn't nearly this dominant against Thiago Santos as, as Khabib was against Poirier. And ultimately that's the pound for pound discussion in a nutshell is how are you dominating the guys at your weight class? And in theory, how would you do if you were any size? This dude's an absolute freak. And uh, other than a Gregor Gillespie type buff, you know, other than one of these, wrestlers who is who is so i guess you know ready for that type of grind um i, I just don't know i mean i like i like think tony's got a chance for sure but gosh how, how discouraging for poirier to have it be that you know uncompetitive uh with all due respect you know yeah very discouraging for poirier as it is for anybody that loses in the biggest battle the biggest event of their life normagomedov is dominant as he is i fully agree with you on the go theory if not some people consider that now but two fights from now he goes undefeated at 30 and no most definitively goat is beside normagomedov's name there is no question um dustin poirier tremendous respect a man who gets stronger with every fight just going against the dominant eagle as he is now we had Edson barboza and paul felder wait let's go back for a second what is next for normagomedov i mean Tony Ferguson seems to be next. Conor McGregor tweets that he would like to fight him in Moscow. I'm sorry, Conor, with all respect. I don't think you should get personally. It's just I'm not the powers that be. I don't think Conor should step into a championship event. It would be great to see him fight one of the top five contenders, if not two of them, getting his way back into a championship mode. How do you feel about that? It certainly feels like Dana wants to try at least once more to make the fight between Habib and Tony. And it's really the biggest, best fight that can be made in mixed martial arts. I think if TJ were to have an opinion on this, I'm sure he would say it would be the number one fight that he would want to see in probably any division in the UFC. And it's not him. Most fans feel that way. So I think you got to strike now and make the fight. It's going to be on Habib's timeline. So in, in a perfect world, maybe you get it done before Ramadan, which I think goes from May to June. 
Um, so if you could do something February or March, you know, first quarter 2020 and make that fight, I think it would be great. I think Habib is less concerned with who it's going to be and more concerned with the when and making sure that he controls the timeline. And he has certainly earned the right to do that. Uh, but it's the only fight to make. It really is. And, uh, you know, it's, we don't always say that in MMA, but in this situation with respect to Connor and, and the, the Gaethje, you know, Cerrone winner, anybody else, uh, this is Tony's fight and, uh, and hopefully he gets it. I do agree with you. I did get a little excited when I heard Dana tickle the fact that it could be a GSP Conor McGregor super fight. I would love to see that fight. There's no question whether it could be made or not. GSP another Khabib, question. right? Uh, GSP, excuse me, GSP Khabib. That would be right. huge, huge. See, and that, yeah, I agree with you. And it's just, that would be the only wrench, right? That if, if George St. Pierre was coming back for that fight, you know, that fight has long appealed to Khabib and, and that would probably be, uh, the only fight that would burn Tony Ferguson. But can you fucking imagine if, if Tony gets passed over again and, and GSP comes, I mean, you know, uh, it's, I don't I know some of it's been Tony's doing, but, uh, if he's healthy and ready to go, as Dana says, I mean, I'll get down on one knee right now, buff. Can it please be Tony Ferguson's fight? Uh, I'm all with you, but like Roger Kipling said, ours is not to reason why ours, but to do or die. I have to announce you have to commentate and we'll be there right, no matter what right. happens. <laughs> Bottom line. Yeah. Uh, the Aussie Paul, oh, well, I'll get on this in a second. Paul Felder, one word, warrior, yeah. two words, warrior spirit, three words. Oh my God. Wow. Seriously, I, people could say, what yes, it fight. was a close fight. It could have gone either way. Neither, none of us would have complained. Bottom line, Felder got the tip. Felder got the win. The headbutt in the first round, he came back. He was able to survive that. It was brutal. It was a couple of hits, broken nose. Warrior, 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 Philadelphia warrior, warrior. That's all I can say, as much as I like Paul, but he proved himself more to me than ever the other night. Wow. That's all I can say. What a stud. Yeah, what a stud. And, and Edson Barboza in defeat. You know, this is why I kind of wish we had open scoring because Edson Barboza fought that third round as if he thought he had two rounds in the bank. And uh, I think if he had was if he was privy to the scorecards, maybe he would have been more offensive late in that fight. But yeah, close fight. Glad to see Paul get the biggest win of his career. The headbutt's an interesting thing. And if there's any fighter who's listening to this right now, if you are on the wrong end of the headbutt, and in this case, Felder was actually the one who was forward moving and maybe even the guy who caused the headbutt. But the smartest thing to do is what Paul did. You scream from the rooftops. You let everybody in the arena, the ref, the judges, everybody know that it was caused by a headbutt. And in this case, the referee stopped the fight. Some refs would just continue the fight. But Paul made his point known so that the judges even though, you know, it's not Paul's job necessarily to inform the judges, but the fact that he was demonstrative about it, put it on their radar and could have helped him in a given round, you know? So I would advise any fighter, if you're on the wrong end of the headbutt, make a big deal about it right when it happens so that everybody knows. And, and maybe that helps you get the benefit of the doubt, but a great, great fight for Paul. And uh, it obviously positions him for that big fight that, that has been eluding him for some time. So I'm very happy for my friend and broadcast partner, uh, I don't love that he has to cut this weight a couple more times uh, because it really is uh, a massive challenge for him. He's very lean to begin with, but uh, you know, hopefully maybe he positioned himself for a title opportunity and then, uh, and then he grabs a microphone and, and does the easier job. Exactly. Very tough weight cut. I mean, Paul Felder is basically sinewed steel. I mean, his body is just concentrated muscle, <clears throat> very difficult. Yeah. Not a lot of, not a lot of fat on that boy. Not a lot of fat. Okay. We're going yeah. from Abu Dhabi. Thank you. Abu Dhabi, the shakes of Abu Dhabi that I was uh, talking with all great so courteous everything and the word was said and I heard this from them next time 
The stadium is going to be amazing. That's what I was told. We're going back next year. We will see that. But no matter what, great city, Dubai, great city, nice, nice people all the way around. Definitely enjoy going there. My fourth trip, looking forward to going back again. Okay, we got Australia coming up. And the Aussie politicians, the Lord Mayor of Melbourne, Sally Cap, and Premier Daniel Andrews, actually want the Octagon Girls not to be working the event, according to a report that came out here. They are pushing for no Octagon Girls. This has already happened. We're grid girls are no longer part of Formula One. Walk-on girls are no longer part of professional darts. Uh, they're trying to phase this out. It'll be interesting what happens. Um, really can't comment beyond that, but I feel bad for the girls that they have to read that, that they may not be going to Melbourne coming up if this is pushed. Can't really comment beyond that. Any comments on that, John? Well, it's hard for us because we're so close to it, and we have personal relationships with these girls who have yes. built these tremendous brands and livelihood by being an octagon girl. So I certainly would hate to see them lose that type of opportunity. Uh, you know, but obviously I would imagine some, some people out there have an issue with it. And that's why we're even having this conversation. And some people think it's demeaning, you know, go to the source, ask Ariana Celeste about it, you know, but I, I feel badly that, uh, that they could lose this opportunity because not only has it been lucrative for them, but it's been a springboard for a lot of these women to, uh, to create, really lucrative careers and livelihoods and lives. So, uh, you know, I hope it continues for, for the betterment of them. But, uh, beyond that, you know, I got 26 fighters to learn, you know, I thank them for the ring car, but we're, you know, I, we got so much stuff to say during the broadcast that if they're not there, I'm sure I'll be able to fill the time. Absolutely. Couldn't say it any better myself. I do wish the best for them and hopefully there's no issue there. And we do see our Octagon girls in Australia. We'll leave it at that time. will tell it's out of our control. Now, What's in our control is whether or not we want to watch boxing when boxing events come on. There's a lot of exciting boxing. Ruiz and Anthony Joshua are really looking forward personally to that fight, the rematch in Saudi Arabia. They're also building a stadium for that. Now, the big thing is DAZN and Matchroom Boxing have announced that the YouTubers, KSI and Logan Paul, have been rematched. This was the biggest pay-per-view or one of the biggest pay-per-view caused by numbers, not by totals because the fee charge for the pay-per-view was around $4.99, give or take, if I'm not mistaken. Now the pay-per-view is going to be November 9th on DAZN. It's going to be a big show, and they are going to be one of the headliners of the show, whether they're main event or not. But here's the key. Without headgear and without the larger gloves, they're going to be fighting on professional levels. No headgear. have to pass all the commission's uh, needs for to be fighting at Staples in Los Angeles. My brother, Michael Buffer, will be announcing. I will be attending. Logan Paul would ask me to announce the next fight. This falls under DAZN. It will be the great legendary Michael Buffer at the helm with the microphone. Um, how do you feel when you see this, John? I mean, you realize that there's going to be a sold-out audience at Staples because these YouTubers have tremendous followings amongst the 14 to 25-year-olds, whatever that demographic is. It's big numbers. It could be one of the biggest pay-per-views ever. Do you have any problem with two fighters who have only fought once? They're not on the professional level, but now they are on the professional level for this fight. Fighting is a headlining fight in boxing. Well, I think if I was a, a professional fighter, a long-time amateur boxer who had been plying my trade for a long time, and that was a slot that could have gone my way, certainly I'd have an issue with it. But uh, I'm too old, you know? It is what it is, right? I mean, it's so off my radar, and you become so conditioned to – you know, these type of things happening, you know, we've had a few instances, obviously in MMA, uh, that we don't need to get into, but, uh, it is what it is. You know, why are you going? Are you going because you have a personal relationship with somebody involved, right? Well, my brother, Michael, the people of Matchroom, and quite frankly, I have the weekend off. I'm home. So it's yeah. down the street right. of Staples. Right. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I've not been to one of my brother's events in two or three years because of our working the same nights all the time. And I know Logan Paul on his brother and, you know, it kind of be fun, but, uh, it will be fun. It'll be a fun night, but I will just be observing. I will not be working. I'll just That's be kind of nice. You have a couple of, couple of gin and tonics there in the front row, huh? Yeah, baby. You know, me all too well. All right. Two more things before we let you go, John. I do need to apologize uh, for a little faux pas that I made during the show. I've been traveling a lot. I make no excuses. No excuses. I will just say that when I introduced Liana Jojua, I did say she was from Georgia, Tbilisi, Georgia, and I added on the end USA. I sincerely wish to apologize to everybody living in Georgia. It is no excuse except for the fact that when I was doing these cars in between the China show, this show, having the short time that I had, maybe a little rushed. Again, not an excuse. I saw Georgia. I didn't read the rest. I put USA. It was okayed by my powers that be, and I said it during the show. I apologize. John, you probably heard it too and thought, what's with Buff? I didn't hear it because I have so many other things going on, but because of that little faux pas, what Bruce has agreed to do, ladies and gentlemen, he is going to get a tattoo of the Georgian flag. It is red <laughs> and white, and it'll all oh. be good, and you'll be the, the most popular guy in Georgia. So it's uh, all good. No, it is what it is. I mean, <laughs> dude, it's seven hours of live TV, and granted, I have a lot more you know, words per minute over those seven hours than you do. We're judged by every utterance. So uh, I've never had a perfect show. I, I never will. Uh, you know, we just have no choice but to move on. I think we're our, our stiffest critics. And, uh, you know, there's, it's inevitable that there are just going to be moments that, that don't go the way that we uh, envision. And uh, it's on to the next, you know. I mean, after UFC 242, as great a show as that was, right, people asking me about it, how is it? You know, it's in the books is what it is, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not still a fight fan at my core, but uh, it's on to the next man. It's on to Cincinnati, right, as Bill Belichick would say. And I think for us, we have no choice but to sort of bury it, learn from it and, and move the fuck on, you know. Ab- absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, I got Vancouver next week and then I will see you. Where am I seeing you? I'm seeing you where? Yeah, and we, you know, we won't say Vancouver. Uh, we won't say Vancouver. We'll say British Columbia, right? We'll make sure we get that province right for the Canadian. <laughs> you know. it, it will be done correctly. <laughs> It'll all be good. John, I know you got to go. I want to give um, you one little thing. You know, you, you, go ahead. What? No, I was just going to say I am. Uh, I am off until Melbourne, if you can believe that. So I better be prepared for that show. Yeah, be prepared. It's going to be fun. You know, we all love going to Australia. We already talked about it earlier. Looking forward to that show very much. John, you know that Brother Brian, your favorite buffer, is a huge collector of sports cars, memorabilia, everything else. I have to share with you a little bit from our collectible part of the show. I sold a 1980 Tops unopened wax pack box of 16 wax packs of basketball cars, which contained the three-tier card with the Larry Bird, Michael uh, Magic Johnson rookie card all in the same card. It's a three-panel card, right? I sold it for $1,100 four years ago. I just keep getting my butt ached over this. Last year, the the box sold for $4,500, and, and it just sold on September 8th again, another box for $5,500. Folks, that's four. 500% increase in roughly five years. Don't sell quality cars unless you have to. I have to live and learn on this one. It makes my butt ache when I look at it, but win like you're used to it, lose like it doesn't bother you. Collectible, unopened wax packs, quality PSA graded cards pre-1975 are great investments if bought correctly, and here's another example of proof in the book. You like that, John? I lost money, but I'm I not seeing it. I absolutely love it. 
You know what really? I need to do? I need to fill a suitcase with all of my sports memorabilia and all of my baseball and basketball and football cards, fly to L.A., and, uh, you know, get this stuff all assessed with the greatest buffer of all time, Brian, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, I just, you know, I live in Florida. It's not like I can do a man cave, you know, but I got all these gloves signed and, you know, all these, these boxing gloves signed by De La Hoya and Mayweather, Barry Sanders rookie card. And, you know, I guess maybe my son would find some value in that. I don't know. But I think Brian Buffer, I think I need to hire Brian Buffer to get rid of some of this stuff. Uh, Brian Buffer likes you so much there is no hiring. It's called friendly, friendly help. Friendly help. You get that together, yeah. you come stay at Buffer Manor. We'll have a lot of time making sure you're worth a lot of money on your sports cards. It'll all work out. My man. Totally. I appreciate it, buddy. All right, John, you've got to go do things, things to do, people to see, deals to sign, go get it done. Anything you want to tell the audience before you go? No, I mean, I just, uh, I really am excited for Whitaker and Adesanya. I really, you know, sometimes Rogan and I will joke sort of, and for him, it's like he'll be home watching that fight. And the, the fan in me would love to be sitting down with a cold one just watching that fight because it's so good. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for that next pay-per-view, man. I'll see you in a few short weeks. I am too. And tell us about your podcast real quick where they can catch it. Uh, every Monday it comes out, Anakin Florian Podcast, basically wherever podcasts are ingested, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, all sorts of places. But if you got an iPhone, that's probably the quickest fix. There you go. Thanks, John. Have a great day. I will see you around the octagon very, very soon, my friend. And it was a great time in Abu Dhabi. And you have a great week. All the best to you and your family. Pleasure, my man. Cheers. We'll talk soon. All right. Cheers, John. Take care. Toyota's Labor Day sales event is ending soon. Save big with 0% APR on 13 of Toyota's top-selling models like RAV4, Camry, and Corolla. Don't wait. Toyota's Labor Day sales event ends Monday. Toyota, let's go places. Click the banner or visit buyatoyota.com. The constant energy, the tight turns and bustle of the city. Some are just happy to survive it. Others were destined to conquer it. The Lexus UX and UX F Sport crossovers with a 33 MPG combined estimate and the most advanced standard safety system in its class. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more. 2020 UX versus 2019 and 2020 competitors. Information from manufacturers' websites as of 8-13-2019. 2020 Lexus UX 200, EPA 29 City, 37 Highway, 33 combined MPG estimates. Actual mileage will vary. All right. Always good to have John on the show. Definitely covers a lot of uh, important points, both in his opinion and both in facts relating to the UFC and, of course, relating to sports. Love talking football. One of the reasons I did not go over any picks for next week is because with the way I work it, even though I do put action on football games, I like to analyze the first three weeks before I start sharing picks. I think that the picks are basically 50-50, toss your coin in the air until then, and I'll be more precise as time goes on during the season. I had a great season last year, won every single playoff game in a row. We'll give you my opinions. It is your choice what you wish to do with them. Okay, now, Michael Jordan, TJ, love reading this, pledging $1 million to hurricane relief efforts in the Bahamas. He's devastated seeing the destruction this storm has caused, he said, as we all are. Um, he does own property there and visit frequently, and he wants to donate to the area in which he does partially spend his time. Very nice of the great Michael Jordan. Now, another story that went in. We just got back from Abu Dhabi. Now, a lot of people take CBDs, and of course, people enjoy their legalized smoking marijuana in the states, uh, in the United States where it's legal, Canada where it's legal, on and on and on. Everybody, check before you fly, even if you're carrying CBDs. A New York woman has been arrested in Russia on suspicion of possessing marijuana that she said was for medicinal purposes. She was carrying 19 grams with her when she was searched and arrested. And she does have a U.S. permit 
as part of a marijuana medical program here in the States. But that permit does not apply in Russian territories as other territories, people. So please be careful. U.S. Rep. Max Rose represents Staten Island, where she lives, where Lorber lives. He sent out a tweet on Saturday. He's going to try and help Lorber come home. Who knows what's going to happen here? Who knows how they treat it? But please, people, when you fly international, and again, even if it's just CBD, right. non-THC products you're carrying, check the rules. I mean, not even and, if it's just international. Like, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. Uh, a lot of the Midwestern states, if you have yes. more than a gram of marijuana on you, and in some of those states, if you look at the laws as well, Buff, um, it, it reads as if, uh, CBD could also land you in that same sort of a predicament. M- most states now uh, really aren't enforcing the CBD uh, laws or uh, have passed um, you know new legislation that allow you to have CBD products. But uh, I mean, the bottom line is this: if you're getting on a plane, you probably shouldn't be bringing that stuff. Period. Agreed. Agreed. Just do your homework. For what you enjoy doing, do your homework. Be safe. Be smart. And, and, and I get it. Like, I mean, if you are a partaker, like you live in a state like California, it's very easy to forget that there is still a, a big issue with that sort of things uh, elsewhere. And, I mean, I understand, but uh, I don't know. I, I've noticed, uh, maybe you've noticed this too, uh, a lot of TSA agents have actually been asking people to take food out of their bags as of late. And they say it's a scanning issue. Anything that is uh, organic, um, they they want uh, to take a look at because it looks funny on the, the scanner. But I actually think they're looking for edibles. Uh, very, very possibly could. But, you know, again, edibles, CBD products, the, the laws are different. Marijuana, edible. Again, you just have to check. Right. Check and, and, and most of the time, the, those TSA agents, they just throw it in the trash or confiscate it. But, uh, yeah, you know, got to be careful. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Case in point. All right. Something that's absolutely disgusting and it involves our President Trump and and a decision here. I I have to talk about this. The Trump administration, which as a leader, he has to take responsibility for because it is the Trump administration. They plan to let a rhino hunter bring back his $400,000 trophy. Okay. Basically, they said this month they plan to issue a permit to an American trophy hunter who's hoping to bring back the skin and the skull of a rhino he paid $400,000 to kill in Namibia last year. So the Humane State of the United States said last week has been notified by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service that it intended to grant the permit to Chris Payerk. He's a businessman in Chicago, in Michigan, rather, who shot a 29-year-old male black rhino, a black rhino, in May 2018. He paid $100,000 to the Namibian Anti-Poaching Fund Yep. Set up, set up by the government in order to get permission to hunt the animal. Now, it's illegal to import such animals or their parts into the United States under the provisions of the Endangered Species Act, of right. which this is. So what do Why you have a problem with? TJ? I don't have a problem with it. Why? Tell me. Well, so you, you just said that this man paid a large sum of money to an anti-poaching uh, yes, yes, society. and that's one of the reasons. Right, so that's the reasons they're lying. Yeah, so let me finish. Like when ahead, you when you look at that, uh, maybe this rhino needed to be removed from the ecosystem, regardless. Uh, maybe he was preventing um, other rhinos from you know procreating and, and mating uh, with females. If it, if an anti poaching uh, society is the one that got this uh, approved, and he paid that a very large sum of money. I'm guessing that 
this animal probably needed to be taken care of. And that money is going to be put back into the area where this rhino lived to make it a better habitat for a rhinoceros and, and also to uh, enforce, uh, you know, poaching laws to make sure that, you know, something like this wouldn't happen uh, illegally. I think that President Trump, and, and I'm you're not going to find me supporting a lot of his decisions, but something like this, the reason that he has to approve it is because he's bringing in something that we have a law to prevent that from being brought in because it's against the law to kill something like that. So you have to make an exception. You have to uh, get it approved so you don't you know end up in, in jail. I don't like trophy hunting. It, it makes me uncomfortable. With that said, when you pay for it legally, and it depends on where that money is going. If it if it goes to the government, you got to look at what you know where that government um, is and where their economy is. Is it is it sort of corrupt or is it something like this where uh, essentially this this anti poaching society is governing and trying to make the habitat better for these animals? I, I mean, again, I wouldn't do it, but he's not doing anything wrong. Well, I understand your point, and I really can't argue your points. Because- because I think it's a personal opinion at this point. But I want to point out just a couple things for our listeners, okay? Uh-huh. As you said, it, and as I said, it is illegal to import such animals or the parts into the United States, and that's under the provisions of the Endangered Species Act, right. of which a black rhino is, because there are fewer than 2,000 black rhinos left right. in Namibia alone, okay? Um, the hunter, the trophy hunter, for a permit to be issued, needs to prove that their actions will enhance the species survival and take into account its biological needs. Okay, trophy hunters have long argued that to pay for that, to hunt uh, endangered animals, which cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, helps their argument that it helps ensure their protection. Now, if he did that, and there's a reason I don't see any proof of that in the in the information I'm reading, well, then he I got have it, to, he got it approved with the the poaching society. Yeah, he got approved with the poaching society. Well, that that I mean so, that that's who allows it. So he did do that, right? But a, Right, but environmental groups like the Endangered Species Act. Or, yeah, you know, but the Poaching Society the, is an environmental group. Yeah, but there's other environmental groups that are just countering that a dead rhino is a dead rhino. Yeah, but they're, but, they're not, how much money goes. but they're not the ones in charge of this habitat in this area. Yes, I understand. I understand. I, like you, don't like trophy hunting. Right. I have a personal problem with it. Therefore, I'm more sensitive, extremely sensitive, reading these articles. And it's hard for me to accept that... that it's okay to kill them, but, right, but I understand but, but what you're saying, and that's why it's got, it's it's yeah. almost un, it's almost unarguable, you know. Right. I, I just my, my my whole thing about this rhino is, um, I guess I guess I would hope that it's not just about money. I would hope mm-hmm. that this rhino is truly a problem, and in, in uh, is maybe a, a a later point in life where they feel like it it needed to be harvested, something like that. If it is simply just for money and this rhino is going to live another five, ten years without any issues, if it wasn't being, you know, taken and hunted, then, then I have a problem with that. But right. um, at its face value, I am erring on the side of I don't know anything about the society. They obviously have the authority to approve it. Therefore, they're likely to be a responsible organization and is looking, you know, out for the, the ecosystem and its, you know, uh, needs. I, I got you. Just for the record. Um, this is the sixth permit that's been allowed since 2013, uh, and the third under President Donald Trump's administration. Yeah, but I mean, Trump's not really doing anything other than allowing something from outside yeah. of the country that was taken legally 
I mean, the reason that we have that law is to prevent poachers from bringing that stuff here. This guy is not a poacher. He's mm-hmm. not. He got it approved. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I kind of find it shocking that that many have been uh, approved in the last mm-hmm. six years. But, uh, again, we don't have all the information here. We don't right. know uh, why they're allowing this. Because, I mean, that's the thing, too. It's not, hey, come out here, pay us a bunch of money, and just go shoot a black rhino. It's, you have to go take this one. Yeah, no, I'm, I I got it. I need all the information to make a more cap, better calculation, but with me being sensitive, I've already explained on I'm this. I'm with you. I'm with very, you. Very sensitive subject. Yeah, very if, sensitive if you're the type okay, of let's... person that needs to put a black rhino like on your wall, like I think you have much deeper issues than being a trophy hunter. That's just me. You said it. I didn't. I agree. There you go. <laughs> okay, now. <laughs> all right. Uh, boobies. It. The movie It. Did you see the new one that came out a couple years ago? Because they just released the second one. Uh, is chapter two. And it opened up to a $91 million opening. Um, they're behind in the uh, predecessor. It's first It. The 2017 opened up to $123 million. Is this the kind of movie you'd let your son watch? No. Is no, too young abs- to watch absolutely this? not. He's, he's far too young. Um, and I, maybe I'm far too young because clowns scare the crap out of me, Buff. I don't, I don't hey, know. I mean, they, they, they're they not did, the only one. Well, they <laughs> didn't when I was a kid. I was fine with them when I was a kid, but now, like, as an adult, I'm like, who, as a grown person, wants to wear face paint and basically be a stooge? You know, that's uh, just weird to me. There was a guy in Minnesota where he used to live named Gacy. He used to wear mm, some clown paint. Right, yeah. yeah. Bad subject. No, bad, but, bad. But, 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 I mean, you're, right. you're, but, but, I mean, Part of that is also why clowns have a, a stigma, right? Like, yes, it's, yes, it's, it's absolutely. I don't, I don't know. I, do you remember uh, probably like five years ago they had the random clown sightings? Like, just people were like, "Yes, that yes. that was scary." Like, I haven't had something like that like scare me since I was a child. I remember like parking my car at the old studio and walking across the street at three o'clock in the morning to get to the office and like turning around, and being like, "There's not a clown around anywhere, is there?" Yeah, no, no, scary stuff, scary stuff. While we're on the subject, I'm going to go into another thing here because we mentioned uh, Gacy and serial killers, whatever that he is. That's who Gacy was, folks. Horrible. There's a Netflix show that is absolutely awesome and absolutely chilling in places. It's called Mindhunter, and it covers the FBI and their searches back in, I think, the uh, late 70s and 80s or the 70s and 80s where they were out there interviewing all the serial killers that are still in jail to get as much information so they can know how they operate, how they work, in order to track down serial killers in the future, which is their sole responsibility. And the acting in this is amazing. They have they interview Charles Manson, uh, son of Sam Berkowitz, uh, another guy, on and on and on, multiple multiple serial killers. This is one of the most chilling shows I've ever yeah, watched. I, it, I've there's seen two the seasons for it. of it. Whoa, it's 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 so good. Not. It's for the strong-minded. Let me put it that way. Yeah. You know, the thing about serial killers, um, I mean, any, any, any person that goes out and plans a murder and executes it, they're twisted, right? But when you, when, mm-hmm. you, when you hear the story of a lot of just basic murder cases, the, like, I don't want to say it's justified because it, taking another person's life is never justified. But you, fo- you come to find that it was passion, right? It was, it was a crime of passion or it was uh, you didn't set out to kill them. It was an accident. You, you know, things got out of control. Emotions ran heavy. 
it, it makes you, you can see how a, a murder happened in most cases. You have motive, right? No one really has a, a honest to goodness motive for being a serial killer. And the fact that they repeat it and fall in love with the tradition of it, like that is just another level of just demented. And, and that is something like as normal human beings, Bruce, you and I will never understand. And when we hear them, you know, calmly and calculatedly discuss what they did, why they did it, how they did it, and the feelings that were inside of them when they executed it, it's like the world is a scary, scary place. Uh, it's scary place is chilling and again another thing on netflix is the uh, ted bundy tapes i oh. think that's the correct title yeah no, where you is. listen to it absolutely chilling as is the movie with zach efron on ted bundy very very good well done film zach efron puts in an excellent acting uh performance of the horrific ted bundy who thank god was put to death when he was put to death so with that note let's move on to another cool story a little feel-good story before we sign off tj a new dinosaur has been unearthed and it's the first of its kind. They found a duck-billed dinosaur in really? Japan was discovered. Yeah. It's the largest dinosaur skeleton ever found in the country. It was hiding underneath 72-million-year-old marine deposits in a town called Mukawa. And the first wow. part of the dinosaur's tail was discovered. They had a, like an evacuation. It was carried out by a museum. They discovered the tail. Yeah. And then they, un they unearthed a nearly complete dinosaur skeleton of this animal, which now they estimate was ape meters long it weighed four to 5.3 tons that's up to 10,000 pounds and it walked on two or four legs and it's basically around the weight of an Asian elephant uh, um, I find this always fascinating when they find this and all the research has been done and here we have we found another dinosaur not a small one right a big one yeah big one. very cool and very cool I mean stuff. you think about prehistoric times like there was more than one of these right you know oh like, yeah in uh, to, to find I mean Think about it, like it's 2019, meaning, you know, for the calendar, we've counted 2019 years. And mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things, that seems like a long time. It's really not. And when you look at scientists and their information that tell you this dinosaur, you know, is a million years old, it's just like we can't even wrap our minds around what it was like to try to survive during that period, just for, you know, animals, period. Could you imagine seeing something 10,000 pounds running by you? I, I th Think about that for a second. What does a footstep feel like, you know, from something that is running by you at, at probably a, a fairly quick pace? You know what I mean? Like I, hey, two raccoons ran by me the other night outside my house, and I kind of, like, turned around quick. I can't oh, even imagine that. You know, Bruce, I, I remember growing up, uh, I was in my backyard, and we had a groundhog that lived underneath uh, one of our sheds, and I came outside and, and startled the groundhog who was in the middle of the yard, and it ran underneath the shed, and I'm not kidding you. I was probably 20 feet away, and I could feel the ground move when it ran by me. Yeah, take that and multiply it times 10,000. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, seriously, go. like... Dinosaurs are crazy. Like it's it's like when you stand at the the museum and you stand next to a dinosaur skeleton, it's just like how small and tiny and insignificant are we? I mean, we're smart. We're the smartest species that's ever lived on this planet, but we are just feeble, feeble little things. Yeah, we're all fascinated by him, and I agree with you. I remember when I was a kid with Brian, we go downtown Philadelphia to the uh, Franklin Institute where they had a full grown, you know, fully. Uh, 
skeleton Tyrannosaurus Rex. And I used to stand there and just look at this guy. I, I would just look at it. It was like, it was just a, amaze me. Speaking of amazing uh, dinosaurs, this weekend we're in Vancouver, Canada. We got Cowboy versus Gaethje, the main event, Don Cerrone, the Cowboy against Justin Gaethje. Did Can't wait call, for did that. Did you just call them dinosaurs? I meant that in a way that they're, they're no, I hear like, you. I hear you. You, you know how I meant. I didn't they're beasts of war. I'm kidding, Buffer. Beast, calm beast. down. Yeah, of course. Calm down. Yeah, dinosaurs, dinosaurs are the octagon, right. not old dinosaurs no. that shouldn't be in the octagon. <laughs> right. I didn't mean it that way. No, no, no. Uh, Glover to Glover to share is back. Nikita Krylov. Um, Todd Duffy. He's back. Hasn't and been in the. He's five back. Years, yeah. Five years. Wow. He's been away. And um, I mean, maybe this is a, a hot take here. Maybe it's an unpopular opinion or people might think I'm crazy. But Todd Duffy, unfortunately, if he doesn't, you know, have a, a, a renaissance of his career and just goes on a, a, a tear, Todd Duffy may unfortunately be the, the biggest underperformer in the UFC's heavyweight division. He knocked out Tim Hag in seven seconds. He's mm -hmm. a specimen uh, of a, a human being. He trains with a great camp. You uh, talk to some of the people that have trained with him and watched him and have been near him throughout his journey in martial arts. Uh, it just, for whatever reason, on fight night, it just hasn't worked out for him. He's dealt with all sorts of injuries, but there is true, true talent there that we've seen glimpses of it in the octagon, but I don't think we've ever seen Todd Duffy ever fight in his prime and show off really how how talented of a heavyweight mixed martial artist uh, he is. And, you know, we get the next uh, sort of opportunity to see that if he can perform well. Uh, you know, the, the, the future could still be very bright for Todd Duffy, but he spent so much time in his career on the shelf. It could be very bright because of the uh, way the heavyweight division is right now in right. the UFC. It's, a, it's an open division, I mean, and he, was, he has a chance. If he was a light heavyweight, Bruce, I would say no chance. I mean, no, Yeah, but heavyweight, right. yes. Yeah, there, there's yes. still an opportunity. I mean, and look at the heavyweight division. Like, there are guys that are hanging on in the heavyweight division. I mean, we saw Andre Orlovsky in the crowd in Abu Dhabi. I mean, that guy's been fighting in the octagon for 20 years almost. You know what I mean? 18 years, something like that. And uh, it, it's, it, it's the only division I know where we can get prospects that come up and look like they're going to take over the planet, and then you know someone like Alistair Overeem comes in and goes, "Not, not yet, little boy. You know, we we are here to stay." Uh, it, it's it's it, the only division in MMA I think that you can have a a 15 year run in the same division and and have you know multiple ups and downs and still be a relevant fighter. That's what happens when any fighter can knock you down and knock you out with one punch. Yeah, you know, I that's mean, the way it is in the heavyweight division. I feel like they can uh, knock me out, and I'm just watching through my television. <laughs> well, some things are true. Yeah. Uriah Hall, Antonio Carlos Jr., 12, ranked 12 and 13th in the middleweight division. That's going to definitely be a brawl. Always good to see Misha Serkinov coming in. He's fighting Jimmy Crute. Um, going to be an excellent night of fights. As God, it's just been a run of fantastic nights of UFC fight night action. And I look forward to seeing everybody from the Octagon for that one. No question. I think we are definitely done on It's Time Radio. We'll be back next week with a definite guest that's going to be of interest, as it always is, as they always are. Pardon me. Stepping on my words here, a little jet lagged. TJ, anything for our audience before we go? Uh, I'd appreciate it if uh, anyone checked out my MMA uh, podcast. There are a variety of them. Uh, just Google uh, Between Rounds Radio. You can find us on Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Google. Uh, everywhere, pretty much. And then if you want uh, some more bonus content, ad-free content, patreon.com forward slash between rounds. And uh, like for me, basically, you'll see me from the Octagon on uh, Saturday from Vancouver, Canada. Thank 
Thank you again for all the orders for your championship intros, your audios, your videos, videos, your podcast intros, your weddings. Again, we've just been inundated and we're constantly busy here at Buffer Enterprises and we get them all done with my travel in time for your needs. No problem. I'm also on Cameo. You can go to Cameo where I do them in casual attire. They are not for businesses there. They're strictly for personal uh, uh, recordings, video recordings at Cameo.com. Hey, Just Buff. look up Bruce Buffer. I, and TJ, I'm aren't on, you I'm, on Cameo? I'm on Cameo, and I'm starting to it, feel really silly because I've been on there for three weeks and no one's ordered anything. So uh, Maybe because they're not aware, so let me tell everybody that here, TJ DeSantis, the commentator, the MMA commentator, the podcast host, the producer of podcasts, the man with the voice, he can give you, if you're a TJ DeSantis fan as I am, there definitely is videos to be done. Go to Cameo.com, check out TJ DeSantis. TJ, where do you sell your cameos for over there? Uh, I think they're cheapest. I think it's like 10 bucks or something like that. Oh, my gosh. Steal. Absolute steal. Check it out. Cameo.com. TJ DeSantis. Or check me out, Bruce Buffer. Sorry, it's going to be a little more expensive. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, as it should be, you know. I need to donate to those charities, TJ. Right. Children, military, and animals. And I need to donate to my bank account because it's low. So uh, I'll take what I can get. Cameo.com. TJ DeSantis. Be there. Do it. Surprises next week. I want to hear how you had three orders, TJ. Hey, that's not up to me. It's not up to me. It's up to the audience. All right, everybody. TJ, you take care. I will be back with you next week uh, for another exciting show. And it's time radio. Everybody, treat everybody with respect. Treat people around you the way you want to be treated. Be a sphere. It's going to be a sphere. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Be honest. Be strong. Set your goals. Write them down. Learn about them before you set on that path. And when you walk down that path, just be the best you can be. Perform the best you can perform because then you are winning no matter what the results. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We love you internationally, all the fans. And we'll be back next week. Buffer out. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Hi, this is Stephanie from Safeway. Exciting news. Safeway, Chevron, and Texaco are offering even more savings at the pump. Now through September 8th, shop at Safeway and redeem up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations and at Safeway fuel stations. Shop Safeway this week and earn up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards. This is Stephanie from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is $1 per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons for a limited time. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details in-store or at Safeway.com. Hey, this is Jill from the Container Store. Oh. Is there something wrong? I just thought a virtual designer would be a cool robot. I could do a robot voice if that helps. Maybe. Hi, I am Jill. Let's design. Nope, absolutely not. Regular voice, thank you. Yeah, I'm not good at impressions. Enjoy free virtual in-home closet design and up to 25% off closet systems with the Container Store's custom closet sale. The Container Store, where space comes from.